Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and this week I am with my good friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trambicki, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd, uh... Nothing big like to promote, no pay-per-view next week, no pay-per-view last week. We just have some general stuff to talk about that happened during the week. Uh, I will apologize in advance. Uh, Threw up not too long ago, am not feeling that great. Uh, So if this is a low-energy episode, that is why. Hopefully it is not, but I may burp a few times during this episode, so I'll apologize in advance. Uh, But anyway... Uh, before we get into the show, oh, go ahead, Eck. Aaron, Aaron, no, early stump Halo. Aaron, <laughs> who had like a few years ago that throw up gimmick? Hmm? Didn't someone have like a gimmick or like throwing up and they threw up in JBL? Draws? <laughs> nah, more recent than Draws. Uh, I don't draws, remember. Maybe it was just Draws. I feel like somebody did JBL's hat. I don't remember that. All right, well. If I, I do, if I do throw up during this episode, somebody's gonna have to hit me with the "Hey, got up, yuck." I don't know who's gonna take it up, but one of you has to do it if I throw up on air. <laughs> if be- I see, if I see a gag in, or on the other side of the camera, <laughs> yeah, I'm, even I'm if I just right gag up. or if I have a gross burp, somebody has to hit me with it because uh, I'm not gonna do it to myself. Uh, I'll be honored. All right. <laughs> so before we get into the show, first, Titus O'Neil. Okay, Titus okay. did it. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know Titus ever did that. I don't. I didn't remember that at all. Twenty thirteen. Okay. I definitely was not watching yet. Um, subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already, and also leave a five star rating and review. Uh, first thing I wanted to bring up: for as much as we trash WWE and me, the last few months probably being the main culprit of that, uh, and me reveling in their ratings decline and. You know, they're diminishing popularity, it seems. Their stock price this week went up to $100 a share for the first time ever. So they're doing something right, or probably more than one thing right. Uh, It makes me feel stupid for trashing them on here every week, even though I think I am just and right in what I say. Clearly, they are successful. Well, you're right. And and me me and you are right, but what we're right about is... They're not a wrestling show. <laughs> they care about everything else. They're into so many other things that that allows for their stock prices to go up and for them to generate record setting revenue every year. But the show seems to get worse on a weekly basis. Correct. It, it, it annoys me that they're doing so well financially. Uh, but what are you going to do? I just felt like if I'm going to trash them every chance I get, I might as well point out a fact that is positive in their favor when it is presented to me. Uh, but that just goes to show they have no reason to change anything because no. they're doing quite well for themselves. Um, Sasha Banks rumors. I saw something, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday 
that even with her time off, her feelings remain unchanged about the company, that she does not want to be there anymore. Eck, I don't believe you've gotten a chance to, to discuss this at all. Do you believe that she is going to just, like, not come back? Do you think she's just going to come back and be hard to deal with? Um, I'm not sure. I, I think due to, I believe she recently signed the uh, extension on her contract, so she's scheduled to be there for a long while. I see her coming back. Uh, one of the things I read earlier, a few hours back, um, she may be going straight to SmackDown just because too much heat in the Raw locker room right now, uh, which wouldn't really surprise me. I just kind of feel like if due to this scenario, she's either going to kind of keep them hostage where they're, she's either going to go back if they got something prominent for her. If not, if she's just going to go there and be a punching bag, I guess I wouldn't be completely surprised if she sits out like to, you know, go towards her best friend, Bailey, like Bailey went out there, had a great segment. I wish she would have got the better of the segment, but I, I hope they could give her something like that. She comes in, you know, full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make you throw up. Uh, close, <laughs> but not yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we talked about this last week. Like, it, there's so many people, and there's so much going on on those shows, and there's so much not even worth paying attention to. You don't even really miss someone when they're gone. Like, I was probably the biggest Sasha Mark when this thing started, when we started doing this, and like, I don't notice that she's not there. I'm not like, oh, I, I I needed to see something that she did this week. There's just, it, it's too overcrowded, and there's too much else going on that you don't even notice when these people are not there anymore. So I would love to see her be able to get out of there, but they're not going to let her go because she sells too much merchandise. Halo. Yeah. There was also a rumor that, well, to go off what Eric was saying about her going to SmackDown, because they, they're saying that the Alexa heat between those two was at a higher level than it ever was. And reports are saying that they might, if she comes back, they might give her the briefcase, the money in the bank briefcase to make her quote unquote happy or whatever. But also she wants basically for what the reports are basically insinuating is that she wants WWE to change the way they do business. And we all know in WWE that being the, being the best worker, it can be to your advantage, but mainly to your disadvantage because they're going to, like I said, it's a TV show. It's not based on the work rate. It's a TV show, a, a weekly episodic television show. They should have trying to build stories and stuff like that. So, at, at point, at certain points, you'll be the you'll be the one to give out the give out the hand and do the job for somebody or or enhance somebody, enhance somebody else. So, and then they said she might want to sit on her contract and stuff. So, she's more relevant than what Neville was when he signed his contract. So, I think they will want her back way more. Then they wanted Neville or anybody else back, but like you said about people being missing now. When I watch Raw and SmackDown or whatever show, I'm always look, like she's always one of the things I'm looking for. Like, but every time I look forward to, I get disappointed because she's facing somebody from the Riot Squad or she's facing somebody that I've seen a, mil- a million times. But to me, she'll be missed. For me personally, I'm, no, I'm sure for you, I'm not sure about Eric. I know he's up and down with the women's division, but I hope she comes back and maybe maybe her maybe her stand will. Ma- well, like make a point and, and uh, possibly make change the way they do business or whatever. But 
we just talked about how they're making rec- record revenue and they're stocked a hundred dollars a share for the first time ever. So, like you said, they don't really have to change anything. And like you also said that they have so much, there's so many people on the roster now that if they're not on the show, they really won't be missed. Right. And the thing that sucks is like, she's not just a worker. Like it would be one thing if that's all she was, was a good wrestler, but like she can talk. She has displayed the ability to be a good character. She's displayed an ability to get legions of fans behind her and be like the main attraction on the show that she's on. And I just don't know why. Like, okay, if basically they're saying she's losing a battle to Alexa Bliss, there's nothing Alexa Bliss can do that she can't. There's Mm -hmm. nothing Alexa Bliss does that she does better than Sasha Banks does. So, like, I don't know why Sasha Banks has never gotten the opportunity to shine as a character on Raw, because I don't know if she ever has. She's had some high moments, but I don't know if she has ever shined as a character on Raw. Am I wrong? Has she at some point? Um, Doing the Charlotte feud, that's yeah, really it. Yeah, well, her title wins, that's it. Right. Those and are like, meant to be moments. That's, that's what it. I mean. Like Those matches were great, and like I know we all like revere those matches, but I don't know if she was like a... if she got to be like a really good character... No, at that time. Even last week, because even last week I said I I, I, say, I said last week that le, the legit boss at NXT was is equivalent to Becky Lynch's the man gimmick right now. Yeah, which was a good comparison. Um, well, I mean, I hope it gets resolved. I know it will at some point because they're not going to release her. They're not going to just let her go, Eck. Well, I guess my only two thoughts on it is, um, I'm. I don't know. I'm reluctant to think anything overly positive is going to happen with them because I feel like they're, they're either just going to give her a prop like they did with the tag belts and they're, they're going to take it away from her so quickly. And then it's going to be a vicious cycle. Um, it, you know, it, it sucks to say, but I mean, like what does Alexa have that she doesn't is I, everyone on the internet will say, and I'm sure this is what Sasha thinks is because she's a blonde woman. And yep. Sasha's not, um, my one thing I would love if Sasha could leave, but it doesn't seem like that's in the realm of a real possibility. There really hasn't. And no one that was fully signed and had a good WWE run. Like I, I wouldn't put Tessa in that category. She's obviously having a tremendous career outside of WWE. She was only there for like the May young classic and a few NXT shows, mm-hmm. but like Emma who prep is such a huge fan. Like she got released from WWE, you know, she got some little bit of, you know, shine here and there, but she really hasn't been able to make like any type of impact. Like I love the idea of Sasha getting out of WWE just because she's the only woman that's on the cusp of wanting to be outside and actually being able to do something big. Yeah. I mean, and that's always a worry. Like, so one of Sasha's things is the whole legit boss thing like she won't be able to use that outside of wwe yeah but she could just critique the wording and it'll yeah, be, you, you know just be the boss <laughs> simple as that yeah and she could be the 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 realest boss or she could spell <laughs> boss like she could just she it could be legit b-a-w-s-a <laughs> you just change the spelling like i'm i'm dead serious it's yeah like taz but um yeah, but like like Eric said about how she's bl- how Alexa's blonde, and this kind of goes hand in hand with with Ron's turnoff about, for example, we all know Eric loves Mandy Rose, and mm-hmm. Ash thinks she's generic, mm-hmm. but 
the reason parents think she's generic is because she is because they've thrown that in your face for for 20 plus years it's the same type of woman same type blonde big big chest woman they always they, they, they always throw that out there to be the face of something for women and yeah, that's, like, that's why Ron feels she's generic and Sasha's not that and that's why Alexa may have an edge of her a lot Alexa gets all these different kinds of opportunities yeah and like Mandy doesn't bring anything else to the table other than that like mm-hmm. and, and I'll never and I would never accuse Alexa of being successful because of her looks I mean it's part of it but she's actually like good at what she does. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like I would never begrudge Alexa Bliss that. My only point is, there is not anything that she does that she exceeds Sasha Banks's ability in, and yeah. I don't know why she's never gotten the chance to really do that. Unless it really goes back to the thing I usually say sarcastically that by the time she got to the main roster, they already knew she had a fan base that would buy her t-shirts and buy her shutter shades and buy her rings or her necklace or whatever. And it's like, well, that's enough. She's got yeah. her fans that like her and that's enough. Yeah, and we don't have to do anything else. Yeah, that's true. That's how they, that's how they operate over there. And I'm, and I'm kind of glad that this is kind of like, not, 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 not talking about Sasha, but the whole, I'm kind of enjoy how Becky makes that a part of her promos now. About the the basically generic WWE look for women. Yeah, I think it's good. Like we'll get in we'll get into Sami Zayn at some point, but like I do think there <laughs> are like little gripes and nitpicks around WWE. Like I've talked about the awful culture around wrestle being a wrestling fan, whether it's Vince, WWE as a whole, the fans. Like there is this thing that's just miserable around it that I've been complaining about for a long time. And I think it's smart for WWE to like acknowledge those things in their storylines because they're real and people are aware of them. Uh, so Eck, that that's an actual rumor that they were they're planning or they may give her the Money in the Bank briefcase mm-hmm. or the contract. I'm sorry, we're not allowed to call it a briefcase. Well, or you know, we're allowed uh, to say belts now. So is it a briefcase again? Flipped the band. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see her get that because that would be cool to see. I mean, it's always fun to see somebody win that match, and obviously I'd be happy if she got to do it. Um, But unless anyone else has anything else to say about that, I would like to move on to actual weekly product. Um, The era of Big O has come to an end (laughs) abruptly. (laughs) Uh, I have two thoughts on this. One is, obviously, anyone who listened to this show last week knows how elated I was for Big O, how entertained I was, how much I enjoyed it, and how much I knew, like, this is going to be great when, when it all goes bad, because we know it will. And I'm disappointed that we don't have Big O anymore, because I did truly love it, but... Here's here's what I'll say, and this will be this is probably a little bit similar to Alo's defense of uh, Triple H versus Roman in WrestleMania a couple years ago. Daniel Bryan has this undisclosed injury; he obviously can't wrestle. He probably was still going to continue a program with Kofi, but he can't. So this was almost like WWE. Like this is, I think I said this last week. Like, is this Kofi's next story? And I think they may have just had to, like, 
do this quickly to put it in place for money in the bank. Eck, do you, do you think that's why? First of all, what are your thoughts on it and it ending so quickly? And do you think that's the reason why it did? Well, I'll start with how it ended. Uh, in my opinion, my heart, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I, I, loved, I loved everything you guys had to say about it last week. But it, it, it was just so good. I wanted so much more of it. Um, and this, I'm going to sound like a typical wrestling fan here because, one, um, this is the perfect example. Like we always complain about like how WWE doesn't give us certain things or like wait stuff out too long. This is one of the few times, let it wait, let this marinate, give us more. I needed more of this. Um, you know, I, I, none of them's coming to my head right away, but there's been so many feuds that like, you knew there was going to be a turn and you're waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. Like, I wanted there to be that moment. Like I thought during this match, I was like, Oh, you know what? I could see KO turning right now. I'm like, I just want them to tease it, just tease it. And then tease it again in a week or two or tease it again at money in the bank, or maybe it happens at money in the bank. And then literally, you know, Ray, when Kofi pushed him out the way and then Ray, when Kofi ate that super kick, <laughs> the, literally in my head, it was like throbbing on my forehead too soon, too soon, too soon. Um, I get it. I, I mean, I wish Kofi could have went on a program with one of these guys, Shinsuke or Rusev or something, and, and we get that. And then maybe Kofi, or, or I'm sorry, Kevin Owens saves the match for him just to screw him. Um, but th- this is good. I just wish I just wish we got a little more out of it. Now, is that because you really enjoyed Big O, or is that because you know that the turn would have been better if it lasted longer? Both, a hundred percent of both. Um, I, I need, like, I haven't for a long time looked forward to putting SmackDown on on Tuesday. You know, I'm usually catching a portion of the show while I'm driving home on Tuesday, and then I watch like the back half at home. But like, Kevin Owens doing the Big E entrance <laughs> or, or the mic? I, you're telling me I only got two weeks to that? That's not enough. That was so good. I I needed that during Money in the Bank. Uh, I needed him in the unicorn shirt more. I, I needed it all. I needed it all. I needed him more in commentary. I needed him uh, with pancakes. I don't know why. Like, or um, I know they're Belgian waffles, but is like waffles somewhat of a Canadian thing? Because I wanted him so bad to be like, I'm Canadian. I eat waffles. I don't eat pancakes. Like, I might be making this up, but I wish he would have like switched or like, uh, I'm French Canadian, so let me. If you have French toast instead of pancakes, <laughs> there's just there's so much more that they could have did with this. I, I need a, I need a more of the humor. Yeah, uh, and it's funny to me. It's especially funny because we always have pretty much seen Kevin Owens as like just like a, a dickhead. Monster. Like the yeah. the whole time we've seen him in WWE NXT main roster, he's pretty much exclusively been a dickhead. And seeing him be so far the opposite of that was really fun. And we got less than three months of his only face run. I just wish, like, I don't know, maybe double that time. Give me six months. Or, like, you know, how good would this have been if he would have? I don't know. There's just so much more he could have done with that. Um, You know, only time will tell. Um, I I, I hate to say it. And then I'm almost nervous for Kofi because, you know, we all talked about it before Mania and, like, about the idea of will Kofi win? How long will the title run be? Like, literally, right when uh, KO grabbed the belt, I was like, he's taking that thing. I mean, Mike, Alo, where where are you at on this? Well, remember last week I said this, would, this should last two weeks, but they 
kind of the week short because I would like them for them to kind of get some get some trust within the new date. But even though you can kind of argue that they, they already kind of trust them and they were all in on it, that's my nitpick. My other nitpick is I'm mad that his shirt fit. I wanted him to wear a hat shirt again. <laughs> the tiny shirt that Graves said looked like yeah. an undergarment. <laughs> yeah, I want him to wear that again. I was very upset to see him have a shirt that actually fit this week. But yeah, I thought it was good. Like Eric said. Uh, I you I do what I did want to longer, but you're, we we already assumed that was the program for Money in the Bank, and I actually loved what they actually did. Cause I also talked about last week that Big E, the muscle of the New Day is basically gone, and now Kofi taking out Woods with the power bomb on the apron. You have to, we go we, we can this is assuming that they'll play an angle that Woods is out. That leaves Kofi by himself. There's no New Day, so it's one on one. Kevin over Kevin Owens and Kofi Kingston. So I think that's a bit. I think they did on Tuesday was great. I wanted to be a week longer, but we'll see how it, go- well it goes from Money in the Bank. But even though these guys are seen as two mid-carders for the most part, I'm still excited for this match because I think they'll tell a little good story. But they are doing that right now. The match is going to be great. Like, and you guys know I'm not the biggest on, like, just the match, but, like, I did enjoy this big O New Day thing. For the brief period that it lasted, I got a lot of enjoyment and entertainment out of it. And I know the match is going to be good as well so while i wish it lasted longer i do think they at least executed it well and like it was it's one of those things where like you actually felt bad when it happened which doesn't happen all the time like i actually felt bad that it happened like disappointed and like feelings were hurt a little bit that it happened so that's always good when you can get my feelings involved um Alo, I believe you mentioned last week one of the things you were most looking forward to about the shakeup was we have not gotten AJ and Seth. That has been already set up. They wasted no time putting that <laughs> together. Um, I didn't watch either of the uh, triple threat matches, but we now officially have AJ and Seth Rollins. So first, and Alo, I'll start with you this time. How were the the triple threat matches, and is there any chance of AJ becoming the Universal Champion, or is this just the first step in Seth Rollins' journey as Universal Champ? Well, the AJ, Seth, well, AJ, Ray, and Joe match, triple threat match was better. The finish was fantastic, but so... I did see the finish uh, of it. Okay, okay, yeah. So that was the better match. But as far as those two, I, I don't know how they're going to go here because I'm not sure if they're going to turn one of them heel because I, I think both are due for a heel turn. So I'm not sure when it comes to that. But they wasted no time. I'm completely – I'm shocked that they went to this right away because the advertisements for – we got because we get extreme rules here in Philly in July. They're advertising Corbin. So I thought Corbin might have been the first one to get a crack at it. And money in the and money in the bank, but they went with AJ instead. But I'm looking forward to the match. But we kind of have to see where it goes from here because nothing's really been built up yet. It's just the fact that AJ went out and put himself over, saying how he built SmackDown Live and 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 how the fans want to see him versus Seth. Speaking of Corbin, I saw somebody on Twitter make a comment, which I it never crossed my mind before. Never thought about it. He said. Has Baron Corbin, over the last year, had more TV time than anyone else on either roster? And probably. That is probably true. Like I said, it never crossed my mind, but he might have been on TV more than anyone else over the past year. Because I don't know how anybody else could have been. 
He's been on TV a ton. How, how is that a way to operate a TV show? When you ha- I mean, granted, I know that we have like a little bit of a guilty pleasure thing for Baron Corbin on this show. Well, only when he was the constable. Because, right. Like the, the little <laughs> stuff he did was so good. He's like, yeah, when I beat Braun Strowman by forfeit, like, he had playing over every week. That's how he's going to win. <laughs> It's like, how do you have that guy be your top, your top TV time guy when he's not even in one of your top 20 talents that you have? Uh, Eck, Vince you, loves him. <laughs> yeah, clearly. What do you think about AJ and Seth, and do you think there could be a title change, or do you think it's too soon? Uh, I definitely think it's too soon. Um, I think due to the lackluster victory over Brock Lesnar, I think um, – it would be a shame to take the belt right off of Seth. Um, I definitely didn't think this was going to happen. Um, Aaron and I were actually talking about Money in the Bank, uh, Cena and Styles for first match from years ago, early. And I'm happy they're giving this to us right away, but this is not the way I foresaw the night going. Um, I was talking to Richie over text, and I, like, I literally was saying halfway through the show, I was like, why, why am I watching this? Mm-hmm. And I... I assumed Corbin was going to win. Corbin would get the first program. Rollins goes over, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that's not the way it happened. So, I, you know, they're, they're pitching me a curveball here. It's not the way I saw it was going to happen. It's funny that you, you mentioned why, why, why am I watching this? Because I got a text at 8.09 on Monday night from Phil who <laughs> says – I'm watching Raw, and like Triple H said this, or Triple H did this. I was like, "What the hell are you watching Raw for? Why and why are you watching it live?" <laughs> He's like, "I don't know. I just I just turned it on." Um, and I, I will give Phil credit. So Phil is a funny case of he's he he enjoys wrestling, but he does not watch it regularly. And I think because he has not watched it a lot as an adult, he still views it through like the eyes of a kid, and like. He hated, like, when, when me and him first started to become friends, this was, like, 2014-15, and Seth was the champion in the midst of his heel run, and he hated Seth. I used to wear it to work. I used to wear my Seth Rollins Don't Sell Out buy-in hoodie all the time, and he hated Seth. He would always complain about it. I'm like, dude, that's the point. Like, he's a bad guy, and he's great at it. And he's like, oh, I hate him. He's such a weasel. He's, and I'm like, that, that's the point. That's why he's great. But he did officially admit to me that his feelings about Seth Rollins have changed. I guess now that he's a baby face, <laughs> Phil can get on board with Seth Rollins. What a mark. He, he is a mark. And especially now, Phil is a huge Game of Thrones mark. And Up, Up, Down, Down released a video today of them discussing episode two of this season of oh, Game God. of Thrones. It was Kofi, Xavier, and then a separate part of the video was Seth and Cesaro. And he like loved seeing Seth mark out over Game of Thrones. So That da- that damn Arya. Yeah. <laughs> Do you watch Game of Thrones, Halo? Uh or you just kind of know. I've been trying to watch it. I've I've been trying to watch it yet. I got I got hell for it from a friend. You know he tries to stay up on what's trendy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh stop it. I'm not a culture vulture. Stop it. <laughs> The, the hype beast, the hype beast himself. I am not a hype beast or a culture vulture, but yeah. So I've been trying to watch it. Like literally, I've been, I've rewatched episode one at least four times, trying to like get into it. Because every time I turn it on, I start doing something else. I'll start like folding clothes or ironing or whatever, and just 
forgetting what happens and not paying any attention. But I'm, I'm almost finished season one now. But um, I'm aware of Arya getting it in. It's, it's not an easy show to start watching. I compare it a little bit to I never smoked my entire life. And one night around age 23 or 24, I was out with some friends drinking and I was wasted. And a couple of my friends who did smoke took a couple cigarettes. And to be funny, I'm like, you know what? Could I get one too? Just to make them laugh. Like they've never seen me smoke a cigarette before. So I light it up and I'm like trying to smoke this thing and I can't. I can't stop coughing. And that's all I could think is, like, people talk about how hard it is to quit smoking. It's impossible to start because I would never (laughs) want to do that again. That's kind of how Game of Thrones is. Like, it's really hard to get into. There's so much going on, so many characters. Yeah, because after the first episode, uh, because the brother and sister are doing it to end the first episode, Angel's like, wait. Angel's like, wait, what? 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 (laughs) I'm so confused. Yeah, some some shocking incest right away, right out of the gate in Game of Thrones. Um, I don't want to get too far off on that tangent, but the next thing I had written down, we finally got the return of Bray Wyatt. (laughs) Now, I watched the the video, the entire clip. I don't really know what social media reaction has been to it. And I obviously have no idea what you guys think of it. So I'll start because you guys know I have been, like, the last one on the Bray Wyatt shit. Like, I've been sinking with that shit for a while. (laughs) And I am... Now, I have no faith that they're going to pull anything off, but I have high hopes for it. I think it could be really good. I think his performance was excellent. I think it could be a really excellent idea, almost like... There could be, like, two sides of Bray Wyatt. Like, if you notice, he put the gloves up over his face and the one said hurt yeah. and the one said heel. Maybe he has two separate personalities where one is, like, the guy who is, like, the, the reformed good guy, but then the other Bray Wyatt is still there. And it also ties in a little bit to one of my favorite things Bray Wyatt ever did was when he was appealing to the children in his feud with John Cena. If they could find some way to, like, capture that, that, like, kids are invested in brain, he's, like, shaping young minds, I would like that. Now, granted, I have no idea what their plan is. I have no idea if he's going to come on TV and win matches. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining, and I think it's promising. Um, Eck, I'll start with you because I feel like you were the least into Bray Wyatt. I think because you heard too many people say he was, like, this era is Mick, Mick Foley. Foley. <laughs> so what did you think of the Bray Wyatt uh, segment? Um, you know, I'll give, I'll give Bray this. Um, I, well, first off, I love the segment. I thought it was great because it's one of those things. Hopefully it's not rushed too quick like this big O thing. But I think this is one of those things. Be patient. Just let it see how – let's see how it goes. I mean – Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt is one of those guys. He's been with WWE, one of the main rosters for what now seven plus years. Um, he he's put in the time. Let's see, you know, let's see where this goes. He's a former tag champion. He's a former WWE champion. Um, th- there was complaints I had, but I'm a fan now. Plus, you know, look who he just knocked up. The guy's the man. He's a legend. <laughs> um, I, I do have high hopes for this though. Um, it got a lot of backlash online and there's a lot of people in the wrestling industry that are praising it. And, you know, I guess it might even trigger Bray, like Bray, even he tweeted shortly after 
Yeah, he got so much negative response, and he's like, "You people are blind. Just, just watch." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I have high hopes for it. Good, Alo. Yeah, go, yeah, going off of my best, what my bestie said. Yeah, very uh, wise, a legend. He's repping the beard and belly gang very well. So, salute. Um, Paz, you're the first person I saw that said something negative. About, I mean, positive about this. Really? Because you, the Blues Clues memes were running wild, brother. <laughs> but, but like, th- but here's the thing: not to interrupt you, but like the that's like a stupid thing to to mock it for mock it for because like that's what they were like going for. Like yeah, it's creepy. Like if you ever saw the Johnny Depp version of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka is supposed to be a good guy, but the Johnny Depp version is like creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. And I like that like Bray came off as creepy. Like so continue though. Yeah. So like I said, the blues clues being going crazy, but uh this is clearly a thing because they actually showed this on SmackDown too. Oh, so they showed they? it both yeah, they showed it on both shows, so clearly so clearly they're they're gonna keep going with it. And like you said and the reports were saying that people, like the stockholders or investors want them to get rid of it, but they're not going to. Be, like just the idea of like having a cult leader for kids, you know. Like you said, it's not. It doesn't seem like a bad idea because that was like what you said that you enjoyed from Bray Wyatt was his feud with John Cena, where the children were involved. So like, I'll give it a chance because there's actually more to this. I can't really poo poo on it after a week, and because he's a legend, of course. But I'm gonna give it it a chance. Yeah, like so. My my last thought on it, and this is one of the. So you you remember obviously, I was like the one person when that feud with Randy was going on. When I was talking about stuff they were saying like six months ago, that I'm like this is like this was part of the story, and then they eventually paid it off. Now, granted, the House of Horrors match was horrible, the Mania match was horrible, but like the story they told up to that point was really good. Bray, like I said, I think he's such a good performer, and he's so good at what he does. I like I really pay attention to like the little details, and you could see like little segments of that where he would. It almost yeah. seemed like he was conflicted. Like yeah, I'm, now, I'm saying I'm so nice, but there were times almost like like he he didn't believe it, or like he was having trouble like keeping up this persona. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure what the same thing on Raw, but on SmackDown. During the vignette, the vignette, he took a chainsaw. He was basically saying, this is what I used mm-hmm. to be. It was a cardboard cutout of his old self. He cut it down with a chainsaw. And he kind of had like this look with the chainsaw when he cut. And like half of the the, the cutout was on the ground. He kind of looked at it. Yeah. And he said, everything he does kind of ha- does have a meaning to it. But there's more to this. And you, gotta give, you have to give it a chance at this point. Yeah. And to X point earlier, like it, it was good on its own. But it's. We have no idea what the plan is, so this is a thing that we can't really predict because they gave us no way to predict. We just have to wait and see how it unfolds. And hopefully, like I think they even had an outside producer help make this because I think some guy, I don't know who the guy was, but he said, like, I had a blast working with Bray Wyatt on this, and he was not a WWE employee. So that to me, that tells you even more that they're invested in this. If they're getting someone outside the company to like help create it. Yeah, it's, and the way it's br- similar to I, I think Laugh has said this before, like when Ryder and uh, Rhino did the segment like in the in the trailer. He was like, they put money into this so you know they're winning the titles. I think it's clear 
that they've invested resources in this. Go ahead, Ayla. Yeah, and his and his, and his performance. Slater and Rhino for the listeners. <laughs> Slater, not Ryder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but I gotta give it to Bray Wyatt's performance. He pulled this off. He really 100%. did. Um, two two things again for, about Wyatt, real quick. You know, I'll admit wholeheartedly, it's the the grape from the Foley comparisons, and then him going over. Or in some of my fan favorites, that was another reason why I had a grudge against him. But, I mean, if you really sit, sit back and think of everything he's done, like, he's always put quality into his performance, except for the stuff with Orton. I mean, not that everything with Orton was bad. I mean, the Mania match was bad. It, that might even be the only bad thing about it. But there is, there's definitely something to be said about his character. He definitely has a character that trends transcends generations. You know, that was something that we could have seen in the eighties, the nineties, the early two thousands. We're getting that now. And it's just something leaps and bounds different from what anyone else is doing on the roster. And I've read people say that, you know, if this was actually going to be bad, look at the list of stuff he's done over the last several years. Excuse me. I'm sure he would have put his foot down and say, no, 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 let's do it this way. Let's try it. This like I said, I'm open for this. I'm here for it. I'm sure there's going to be some entertainment. Oh, yeah. And I did read something that said he has had a lot of input in what they're doing, too. And he looks the best he's ever looked. Yeah. He looks jacked. Like, if he, I was up he to must have been working out to, with I'm Dean Ambrose. Pretty good too. <laughs> he must have been working yeah, out he, with he, Dean Ambrose. No, he's been, he's been, throwing, around a, <laughs> he's been throwing around a Latina. That's what he's been doing. <laughs> I think it's funny that that, like, that has solidified Bray Wyatt. More than anything yeah. else he's ever done. <laughs> yes. Beard and belly gang. <laughs> so, <laughs> so not, not to overthink it, or just to, you know, I guess here's my question to you guys uh, on your opinion on it. So, we got the exact same vignette played again on SmackDown. Any thoughts on where he, what show he ends up on? That's a very interesting question. And I just gut feeling, obviously, I, I know nothing. Um, they're going to have him do these types of things for probably another two or three weeks before he actually shows up in person. I think, and this is me trying to think like from a business perspective, if it gets a lot of heat and gets a lot of buzz and gets a lot of attention and they think this could be something that generates buzz and viewers going forward, they may put him on SmackDown because of Fox. But if it ends up being something that they want to be scary and if it's something that they want to be like disturbing, it may be on raw because it's something they could probably save to like after 1030. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, but I don't know. Like I, I have no feel for like what show it belongs on. I, I'm also, I'm also, I don't know. I want to hear Aaron first. I have no clue. Like, like Ron said, <laughs> They're testing it out now. That's why I was on both shows. But like I said, I have no clue. Best response because I'm certain they have no clue where it's going to end up. <laughs> so you, you think they don't know either? No, I mean, what's your guys' overall thoughts on this terrible shakeup performance they just did? I think it's just more uh, evidence that they, they don't know what they're doing. You know, it, and you and I. Ron are very fortunate that we have Aaron here where if you know you ever got some weird stat or question you can always just ask him and he'll know it you know I know 
on the air over the years, we've asked him about certain times, like with uh, the original draft or when certain people Who were originally a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I know on the air. I asked him about something about when Benoit went from SmackDown to raw and he knew the answer, like right off the fly. The thing like I hate to dwell on is like in Oh three Oh four, how they made sense of this. They made sense of people f- switching shows. Uh, and, uh, uh, <laughs> trades for most part. No, but, no, no. Go ahead. Finish. I'll, I'll go ahead. Finish. I, I guess, I guess here's my thought. I mean, I, and I, I could be wrong. I know I brought up times where there was trades and Aaron had some reasoning on it, at least to, to my recollection. Mm-hmm. But so that we're talking, you know, 15 plus years ago. So are we going to be, you know, in the year 2030, hey, do you remember when they did this, the Superstar Shake-Up and the week later everyone was there? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was just because of a bunch of relationships and there were some flight issues and they really didn't know what they were doing with the show. So they did a TV show in the next week. They really didn't do no explanations. They just said, hey, we're not done with the Shake-Up. It was supposed to be two days, but now it's two weeks. Yeah, yeah so, I don't know. It's crazy. So what, what year were you referring to as far as the draft? I guess whenever Ben uh, Ben, ben was originally Orn Wall, correct? Or and then went to no, SmackDown. This, well, Ben Wall, he he was draft. Well, yeah, in two thousand two, he was drafted the Raw. He in August of two thousand two, Vince said, "Look, if the grass is green on the other side, then you could jump." So him and Eddie jumped from Raw to SmackDown after the IC title, and then so they made sense of it on TV. And then and then, but then he dropped the title to RVD, who was still on Raw. At yeah, on a pay per view, right? Yeah, and yeah. then when he won the Rumble, he chose Triple H, so that's how he went to Raw. And as far as trades, the only trade that I can recall that went down was Triple H for RVD and the Dudleys. And Bruce Pritchard came out and said that on his show last week that when they do that stuff, sometimes it looks good on paper, but when you see it, after the fact, it doesn't look good, and but that kind of offsets the whole rumor we've been hearing for for fifteen, for 15 years that Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. Popularized by Paul Heyman, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would like. I would have liked if it was just like this is these are the sides. This is what we're doing. It just seems haphazard in a way that it didn't need to be. It's not yeah, like they, it's not like Andrade and Charlotte just got together. Over the weekend, it's not like Zelina Vega and Alistair Black just got together over the weekend. Like these are things they knew. It, it makes no sense to to not be able to just put that together. Well, they're saying that Fox wanted that hot Latin star. They sound just like WWE. But, um, <laughs> but and Bruce Prichard also said that if you're married, the spicy Central in- American. <laughs> Whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever stupid catchphrase they can put on it. Yeah, yeah, but he also said if you're married, we'll keep we'll do we'll keep you together. But like if you're in a, in a relationship, they won't prioritize that prioritize that because they can end in a week, <laughs> and not mess up our plans. But allegedly, Charlotte and Andrade are engaged. People were saying that during WrestleMania weekend because you know these people they zoom in on stuff they could have sworn yeah. Charlotte had a ring, and Ric Flair is allegedly saying that. They're moving too fast, and if anybody knows that, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they're moving too fast. Were they even together at the Rumble? I don't know. They might have been on the hush. 
And then I heard his promo on SmackDown. I was like, these two are together. Wow. <laughs> By the way, how about the the rumor that that Becky is in a relationship with Seth? Oh, that's facts. It that's is facts. facts. Mm-hmm. Big facts. Good for them. She she goes to she, she gets home as Becky two belts. Gets in the bed, Becky three belts. <laughs> That's She's a very, universally known. A very decorated uh, couple. <laughs> uh, speaking of Becky, she now is officially defending both titles. We actually brought this up last week, whether she'd be defending both at the same time. She is defending both in the same night. I really like it, but what my fear is, is that this is just an excuse for her to drop the SmackDown title to Charlotte. What my hope was, was they would have her defending both for a while. I've brought this up on the show at least four or five times. That, like, my favorite Batman story, I believe it's called Nightfall, when Bane releases all of the criminals that Batman has gotten institutionalized. And Batman now, over the course of a few weeks, has to catch them all again. And right when he's completed his task... He's at absolute physical and mental exhaustion. Bane swoops in and destroys Batman, breaks his back. I've always loved the concept of that story, like just waiting till someone has given everything they have to give, and then you take advantage of it. I wanted Ring of Honor to do that with Jay Lethal. I wanted WWE to do it with Seth Rollins, and now we have Becky Lynch. I would love if it was like all of this extra work over time catches up to her. I don't think we're going to get that. But I do love, I think it's cool that she's defending both. If they want to call her Becky Two Belts, to the point where now they're allowed to say belts all the time now, you might as well take advantage of it and make it a real thing. Eck, do you like that she's defending both belts on the same? Uh, I do like it. I actually uh, foresaw this, I believe, in our uh, you know pre- pre-mania. I was saying this is how they would do it. My strong concern with it, similar to what you're saying, I just think they're going to take one of the belts off her right away. I would love if she can make it out of this and give her another month uh, because I believe I made the claim that typically when you have two belts, you drop one pretty quickly. Um, And I didn't even think of it this way. I actually see her losing one to Lacey Evans and staying on SmackDown. SmackDown is kind of more of the stack show. Um, Since the original brand brand split, she's, you know, of this tenure, she's been with SmackDown the whole time. I feel like she should end up on Raw. Uh, I guess an outside option they do have is they could always make the SmackDown women's match a multi-person match. More people could get added. Uh, I just don't want to see Charlotte with her ninth title reign this quick. <laughs> no knock to her. I'm just saying, like, it, it, seeing it a million times. Stop, please. Right. Yeah, so, poke, poke me in the eye. <laughs> so, 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 Pash, so basically you're saying that your favorite – your favorite novel, Batman graphic novel, is two or three scenes from The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, a little more than that. But <laughs> it's it's just, to me, that's always been, like, such a fascinating story of, like, one, like, the idea of, like, pushing yourself to your absolute limits. And then the idea, like, I think I've, I've mentioned this a lot on the show before, too. Like, the idea of actually feeling fear towards the person I'm supposed to be rooting for or feel fear for them. Um, and like Batman obviously unable to defend himself it's like that to me is like a scary thing to be in a situation where you're helpless and I like I just I don't know I'm, I'm fascinated by it I, if we had more time I could explain it further but this is not a uh, a Batman or graphic novels podcast 
but I would love to see them really run with this Becky because she has been talking a lot about like two belts, double duty, like I'll face everybody. If that's your story, like let that run for a while. Let her do double duty until she can't anymore. And especially the fact that she call, she's basically called out like, I'm just ready to be done with Charlotte. I'm ready for something else. Like, mm. let her get past her. Don't let Charlotte be the one that dethrones her. What do you think is going to happen, though, Alo? And what would you like to see happen? Well, like, like going off what Eric said, I think it'd be smart for her. Oh, for storyline, it'd be smart for her to drop the world title to Lacey Evans because what her, her promo on SmackDown, I really enjoyed. I thought it was great because she when Charlotte came when Charlotte was talking about how she was over another opportunity. Becky just went up and said, "I'm tired of facing. I'm tired of facing you." I want to get rid of you. SmackDown's supposed to be a land opportunity, and we have Mickey James, we have Ember Moon, we have Bailey back here, but I keep I can't get rid of you. <laughs> you know, so I think this whole thing about her being the two champions is more is going to be end up being more about the SmackDown title and the Raw title. So I prefer her to drop the title to Lacey Evans and go early. Early when the show first started, we talked about how WWE has basically a generic look for women with blonde, with the blonde women and stuff like that. And Becky hit on that too. It's like okay, we got to all face the other Charlotte too. So I think I think it'll be smart for her to drop the Raw title first to Lacey Evans. Do you think she, that- do you think she should get through this pay per view with both still though? Like if you were booking the show, would she get that, through she- that pay per view with both? That, that that's the booking thing because she could end up defending. The title's three times because Money in the Bank. But even I don't, even though Alexa cast it last year, I, I'm not sure they'll do that two years in a row. Somebody <laughs> cash in what at if, the same What night. if they had Sasha win Money in the Bank and then just lose to Becky? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not a teacher. <laughs> yeah, you lose to Becky Lynch. You lose to Becky Lynch after you wrestle twice. It'll be a third match. What a way to put some <laughs> But oh. yeah, that yeah, but even though that would be great for her, <laughs> Sasha's let's say Sasha does win money in the bank, that'd be great for her specifically because that would get her so much heat. And if you want to call it a heel turn, that could spark a great heel turn. But that's the that's the thing. You you have to, you, you also assume that she'll defend the title three times, but she's not leaving with both. Yeah, to me, I think it would be the best decision. I think it makes the most sense. It would be the best story if she defends both titles on this show. Even if even if she loses it at the next pay-per-view or between pay-per-views, I would like to see, because it was such a big deal, because it has been such a big part of her persona is having the two titles, defending it against all comers, I just think it makes the most sense to have her actually defend them both once. But I don't expect that to happen. Uh, Sami Zayn. Once again... Legend cutting a phenomenal promo on the WWE universe. I can I really can't say enough how talented that guy is. I mean to be as good as he is in the ring, to be as good as he is in the microphone, to be able to be like a good sympathetic good guy and also be like an annoying aggravating bad guy. I I think it's great. I I can't commend him enough for that. And also, I love how much he tapped into, like, a lot of real-life emotion. Like, because it wasn't just about him talking about the WWE Universe. Like, one of the things that really hit home to me, and you guys both could probably relate to this to certain degrees, 
me specifically because of my current life situation, where he said the 10 months that I was not here were the happiest 10 months of my life. And then as my return got closer, I started to become depressed. I started to suffer from anxiety. And, like, the idea of having to come back here and do this, like, made me miserable. And it's like, I feel like that's how so many of us feel in different ways. Like, for me, I've been unemployed for a while. I'll be working soon. And the idea of that makes me feel that way. Eck, Alo, when you have a weekend off, I'm sure when, like, it's Sunday night, you don't feel great about the fact you got to wake up Monday morning and go into work. If you took a vacation, I'm sure you don't come back after that seven days and you're not like, oh, God, I got to go back and start doing this. It's like a, a daily thing for most people. I really like that they, like, captured that aspect of it. I don't even, like, Sami Zayn, as good as he is, doesn't even have to wrestle. He could just do this, and I'll be his biggest fan <laughs> if he just comes out and does this every week. Um, and they give him a lot of time to talk. But it didn't feel like it. But here's my here's my concern. I assume yes or no, both of you guys like this current form of Sami Zayn, correct? Um, yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. I hope they mesh him with the the proper face when it comes time there for there to be some type of storyline build. Um, because we had a similar Sami Zayn do a feud with Bobby Lashley. I'm sure you can remember. <laughs> I and do, and his, and his sisters. So memorable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, but then, so, we all agree we like this. And while I was watching him, the only thought in my head was, this guy has to become champion at some point, because how great would it be to have the champion hate the WWE Universe? And then I was like, oh, wait, they already did that with Daniel Bryan. Is there any chance that we're getting a little bit too much of a repeat of the new Daniel Bryan with Sami Zayn? Or do you see them as two completely separate entities? Yeah, just, I mean, there, there's definitely similarities on how they're going against the, the, the crowd, but they are different people. And again, yes, they're pro environment, but one was the world champion and one's just a guy coming back from an injury. So I, I don't see it being too similar, at least at the moment, I guess as time goes on, it could kind of seem redundant, but right now it's it doesn't bother me at all. And Alo, do you see this as something that could get him into the title picture, or do you think this is just something for him to do for now? Oof. You know, if he was in the title picture, this would be perfect. And there's not a better opponent right now for him to actually go head to head with for the title other than Seth, because like he. Do like their styles? They'll, they'll, they'll mesh perfectly. So I wouldn't be shocked if he actually did end up in the title scene. And like, imagine if he won. And like you said, kind of like Daniel Bryan, like just hating the world and talking about all the flaws in the world and how, and how the people are annoying and stuff like that. That would work perfectly. And him talking so much about like you people are so negative because basically because you're all miserable but i'm better than all of you imagine being able to say that as the champion like i clearly am the best and better than all of you so then here's my next question we talked quite a bit about the man being like the character becky lynch was born to play is this the character Sami Zayn was born to play yes <laughs> cuz i think this is like the best the best work that he's gotten to do 
in the time he's been on the main roster, and he has done some stuff that's good. And again, I, I always need to mention how good he is at like expressing himself, which is amazing to me for a guy who made his name as a wrestler who wore a mask. And that's like never lost on me that he was is so good at the things a masked wrestler usually doesn't get the opportunity to do. Um, so I don't have anything else specific from the two shows, and. I'm going to ask you both a question. You could feel free to add anything in here if you want. So we're now two weeks into the Superstar Shake-Up, even though it's maybe still kind of week one for some people. Do you guys see... We might get week three. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to say it's over yet. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys feel like we've started to see like the seeds for what's next for these two shows? Like, Do you see where they're going, or is it still too early for you to tell? Oh, I I guess it's too early to tell. Um, there were there were little, little things that happened from the shakeup that I did enjoy. Um, first being, you know, Cesaro is now over on Raw, which was part of Week Two Superstar Shakeup. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that he went over on Ricochet. Ricochet's first, uh, I believe, pinfall loss since the since he's been shaken up, or that no, was, um, since he's been on the main roster. That was a. Uh, he beat Alexander. Robert Roode beat Ricochet. Robert Roode. How do you guys like that mustache? Don't trust him. So, wait, who did Zara go against? Cedric Alexander. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And, and, all right, and to that, that's Cedric's call-up match. So, yeah. you know, th- there was those two cruiserweight losses that I didn't necessarily see coming. I saw at the beginning of both those matches, I thought Cedric would go over. I thought Ricochet would go over. I definitely did mix the two of them up, but um, I was happy when that for Cesaro. I mean, we, you know, we just brought up Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's doing this great thing as a heel character, you know, past you, you know, you've always complained about how the internet wrestling community gets behind him and crafts from WWE for not giving him the world. But Cesaro is someone bar none that deserves a, you know, if Sheamus, his tag partner of almost three years, is hurt, I, I hope the world for Cesaro. Face, heel, whatever he wants to be. Turn him face, put him against Joe. Keep him heel. Let him be the guy to take the belt from Rollins. I got time for that. Yeah, Cesaro is a guy that definitely, while he's had some achievements, he definitely has not achieved to the level that he probably should have at this point. And that's pretty much everyone's fault but his own. Um, Alo, do you feel like you've seen the seeds for what's next? Like, do you can you see who they're investing in for this next chapter, or you still feel like we're waiting to see? Kind of waiting to see because, like, we already know they're behind Lacey Evans 100%. This whole Andrade and Finn Balor thing, Finn got his win back on Andrade, so we'll see what happens with that. Roman's not in the title scene yet because he's like he's facing Elias at Money in the Bank. I'm interested to see what they're doing with Bailey because she had some type of edge to her this week on SmackDown, saying that it's coming out basically saying Charles been handed opportunities and Becky's never beat Bailey because they, they haven't been one on one since Bailey's been up on the main roster. So you kind of you, you could you could pick a few people. Uh, the Viking the Viking Raiders now that sounds just <laughs> oh as stupid. God. They're 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 looking like a big deal. So you you could kind of. Can't pick a few people, but uh, uh, but other than that, not really. 
Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. So, anything else from WWE that you feel like warrants a mention? Nope. All right, so... From the WWE. <laughs> hmm, hmm, hmm. Um, nope, you got me there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, Sami Zayn, when you listen to him give these promos, I believe... Prep has said it before. Uh, maybe the two of you have made reference to it before. That when Sami Zayn talks, it's like he has been listening to Ronnie versus the world. And yep. I definitely feel that way sometimes. But there's someone else who I feel like has been listening to me as well. And that is the artist formerly known as Big Cass, who cut a promo over the weekend. <laughs> that w- sounded like it could have been lifted directly from this show, talking about work rate and... The first thing that came up with these two going to Ring of Honor, I said, I don't like these two. I don't have any interest in watching these two, but I am excited at the idea of them pissing off indie smarks. And that is clearly what both of them are doing. Big cast first, and then you guys have me watch the Enzo promo uh, this afternoon. Um, and clearly that is the role that they want to play, is like the anti-ROH, the anti-New Japan the anti-indie work rate guys, that's the, those are the characters they're going to play up, and I do think they're going to piss people off. Um, Eck, you were the one who sent me the, uh, the big cast promo, and, you, and your thing was, when did Pash start writing promos for big cast? <laughs> what was your thought on their two promos? So, um, days ago, whenever I sent that one in the group text, I, I thought that was a great promo by big cast um it's so funny because that could and should be the exact way he feels and that's how a lot of people feels like i said my caption when i sent it is wow passion i didn't know you're you know writing promos <laughs> and it felt it felt genuine from him um he showed almost a comedic sense when he went over the indie match formula uh <laughs> I was humored by that. I enjoyed top to bottom. I love the, you know, walking around outside with his hood up, just, you know, selfie promo. I enjoyed that. Um, so the Enzo promo that I wasn't aware of until earlier today was an eight minute promo. I only saw the 60 second clip that's been on Instagram for 24 hours. And I saw that clip several times and I, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. like, you know, he makes the jab at punk, but then he brings punk into it. Cause punk was originally a ring of honor guy. And that's how he went and started with his ring of honor thing. So the 60 seconds you get from that, uh, to, to anyone listening to this, if you've only seen the Instagram clip, you got to watch the whole thing because I actually thought big cast was so much better with his promo when I only saw the 60 second clip. So I watched the full eight minutes and I was, I, I enjoyed so much of it. Um, it goes, it goes all over the place and you know, what you went, what you went about there, there's stuff that's great. Like Enzo basically says, he's like, you're not going to see me doing an indie gig. You're not going to see me do an indie gig or do a wrestling match unless big cast is there. So big, you know, especially anyone that really likes wrestling, you look at Enzo, like what a weasel, like this guy is such a punk and everyone, whether you're a fan of him, uh, I'll put my hand up for him right now because I'm I'm entertained by this. Or if you hate him, 
you want him to get his ass kicked. So the mm. cool thing is he's got a seven you know foot giant that is there to you know watch his back. Um, he says something in there when he was trying to convince uh, um, Cass to go take the booking. He was like. I'll do this for free. And, you know, this could just be sick. I'll do this for free. And, you know, you take double pay. And there, there's, you know, so much interesting elements right there. Um, Tamatanga did something on Instagram where, you know, it's just him telling Cass and Enzo they're cancer. We want nothing to do with, you know, New Japan Ring of Honor. Our locker rooms don't want nothing to do with you. Enzo does like a little short you know, 20 second bit back on Instagram where he says like, he doesn't want any, um, Tamatanga doesn't want anything to do with Enzo. I, I think it's all a work. I think this should lead to some entertainment. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I guess there is a chance, you know, Tamatanga is related to people that are in WWE. They could say stuff about how Enzo and Cass could be cancerous, or this could just be playing the hell out of everyone. That's a wrestling fan. But either way, I'm intrigued. It is probably, you know, outside of all elite wrestling, which, you know, we haven't had a match from yet. It's the most interesting storyline outside of WWE right now. So one, I I think that it definitely is 100% a storyline. I don't think that it's like in any way, shape or form, like real life. Uh, I think... Cass's promo was significantly better than Enzo's. I have like I have some thoughts on Enzo's. One, there were there were bits of it that were entertaining or made me laugh. But a couple thoughts for Enzo. First of all, like sometimes more is not better. And that did not need to be yeah. eight and a half minutes long. Like it was I, good that it was more than sixty seconds. But it wasn't it, good that it was that it was a thousand and sixty seconds or whatever it is. Um, it almost made me think of like the way people talk about Vince Russo, how like he needed someone to edit him, and like Vince McMahon was the one who edited Vince Russo, and that's how you got the best out of Vince Russo. Because a lot of it came across as somebody who was like, "Ooh, yay, I get to curse now," and he like overdid it with that, and like the personality stuff I thought was overdone. And it was just, like, too much. He, like, I complained about Ronda Rousey over-talking in her promos. This was so overdone. It was way too much. It wasn't focused. And I was like, dude, like, this could have been good because I won't take it away from him. He has talent and he has ability and he has, like, a good delivery. It's just he needs somebody to get to like get it down to what it needs to be. And one thing that, like, really bothers me is when I know somebody is trying to be something, trying to be cool, trying to act smart, trying to act tough. You either are those things or you aren't. And when you are those things, I usually know you are. And when you aren't, I usually know that you're not. And when you try to be those things and I know you're not, it rubs me the wrong way and I don't like it. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. And that whole time, he was trying to be tougher than he is. He was trying to be cooler than he is. He was trying to be smarter than he is. And all this stuff about, like, I don't need this and I don't need that. Dude, or you know what? I brought up Vince Russo a minute ago. Bro, you're only getting any buzz now because of what WWE did with you. If you were just a real one, if you were just Eric Arndt doing this on your own, you would be nobody. 
You're getting attention now because of what happened for you in Orlando, Florida, and Stanford, <laughs> Connecticut. Uh, and that's everything I have to say about Enzo. But I do like that they're really leaning into pissing off those fans. I love that. I do think that what they do with them is probably going to be fun and entertaining. And I think like it gives a different feel to what Ring of Honor does. And I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here like, oh, I can't wait to watch them on Ring of Honor. But I do think it could be something that's very good. And I think maybe when you get Enzo on TV, when he's not just doing whatever he wants, I think he can be really good at what he does. Because like I said, there is talent there and there is ability there. Somebody just needs to like harness it because that was way too much for me. Uh, Alo, I know you didn't get to watch <laughs> yeah. Enzo yet, but... Yeah, I think it was eight minutes and forty-eight seconds. Like it didn't need to be all that. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't need to watch Eric Orant. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Orant. <laughs> I had to put that in there. <laughs> but Eck, I do agree with you that like it is a fun thing that happened. Like I, you guys know, nobody was like more checked out than me on WrestleMania weekend. But when I saw that that happened, I was like, this is kind of cool because these guys were like pariahs by the time they left WWE. Everybody hated them, and like now they're in this place where like they would be even more hated than they ever were in WWE, and I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I and again, like with me not being the biggest Ring of Honor advocate, I found it absolutely hilarious that like the number one thing, if you would like search on Twitter, like the G One special, like the weekend of, like the night of, the day after, two days after. 90% of the tweets were avid Ring of Honor fans hanging their fandom if those two guys have a match. It's literally like we're not even talking about them going over on someone. We're not talking about them winning Ring of Honor tag titles. Like If they get in the ring and have a match, people are canceling Honor Club. They're never watching it again. They're selling the Ring of Honor merch. That makes they're me happy. Spitting, they're spitting on the Ring of Honor name. And I like that to me is hilarious. Like I, I had I had on my iPad the night that was on. I had Honor Club streaming and I was watching Hall of Fame. And, you know, when certain inductees were up, I muted their stuff and I put the volume on for uh, honor club and then there was times where i muted honor club and i was paying more attention to that you know there was stuff there's stuff i enjoy about honor club it's one of those things or ring of honors product is you know i i said monday i'm watching raw and i asked myself why am i watching this you know it's the same thing with the whole ring of honor show but there's always some something good to take from it but if you can piss off those diehards I'm, i'm here for it yeah, I, I'm well, fully least, in least, support of that. Well, at least fans know. At least fans know this. At least fans know about two people from Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now there's two guys in Ring of Honor that people know. <laughs> yes, and, and like the, the dumb part, like to me, but this this could be because I, I think in a business sense too. It's like we all know like what WWE does on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis for business and you have like these pro wrestling fans that want pro wrestling to be bigger than what it is. And it wants more people to like what isn't being liked and what isn't being talked about. And they hate that these guys from WWE could be coming into, you know, their favorite promotion, but 
can't you actually think about, wow, these two guys could come and have one match per show, one match. It's not like they're going to be in the main event. They'll be on the show, and it's going to get more eyes probably. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a guys from to everyone else in that company. It's going to help more of those guys in that company make more money. Like, if things go as we would expect them to, like, if, if they bring more fans over, it's going to be beneficial to Ring of Honor in the long run. Yeah, and then Enzo and Cass, they're actually bigger names than a lot of people on that roster. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, they were highly prominent for, like, a year on WWE's main programming. Like, they, they didn't win titles, but they were prominent. Like, they were... They were known and one of the most popular uh, acts that WWE had on a weekly basis. I, I mean, honestly, I think, you know, Bubba Ray, Bully Ray would be the only person ahead of them. And then you could argue Jay Lethal, but besides that, I don't know who else you could even make that conversation. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. So... Yeah, I think it's something to look forward to. I think it's something to be excited about. I think it's something to watch for because, like, who knows what this is going to end up being like. Pat is going to send the text in the group text. Hey, guys, bring back in the inquiry. Um, you know, Enzo and Cass has had the first Ring of Honor match. I got time for it. Oh, I got time for that. Oh, I would love to review Pat will love every second of it. I really would. I would relish every second of getting to talk about that. Um... We ready to get to uh, any listener questions? Yeah, just one for tonight. We okay. got a question from uh, Kevin Fenty from Barbados. So he asks, when will you guys be venturing to sunny and extremely hot Barbados? <laughs> well, Kevin Fenty, thank you for the question. Uh, always appreciate hearing from the international ambassador to Matt Madness. Um so I just got a notice today that I should have my passport by April 29th. I'm taking my first trip out of the country in my entire life in July to uh, my motherland of Italy. And from there, I will finally be allowed to travel the world. So, Kevin Fenty, Barbados is definitely a place I would love to check out. I would love to go to an island and... And relax, maybe meet a cute island girl, who knows, but (laughs) (laughs) Barbados, maybe you could introduce me to your cousin, who knows, but But Barbados would definitely be a destination on my list of places I'd like to visit. So I can't give you a specific time or day, but it's someplace I would like to go. Well, hopefully I can help with Pat's answer. My uh, passport is fresh in. Uh, in June, I'm going to Columbia, so I say this winter. Let's all make that Matt Madness trip. Is this your is this your first time getting a passport, or did you uh, first time new? Okay, well, congratulations. We're, we're too delayed, guys. <laughs> yes, we are. Now, I, I'm more delayed than you because I'm getting mine a week before a I turn bit. forty. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a I'm pretty sure you've been out of the country. Oh yeah, I'm, they I'm, call I'm him International the- Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> we went out to we went out to lunch uh, earlier and. They were like, is this, uh, is this menu broad enough for you? And they like to, <laughs> they like to venture off. So. Yeah. Is this yeah. cultured enough for you? I, we, we know you're not a culture vulture. We're not accusing you of that. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm one of those two. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but um, 
Yeah, I've been out the I've been out the country. Uh, last we went to Jamaica, and um, a few years back we went on a cruise. So all those all those places. Did we go to Barbados? I don't remember. But it's on my bucket list, Kevin. Uh, I got a Hawaii trip at the end of August. Going into more is it Labor Day or Memorial Labor Day weekend? Labor Day in August. Yeah, I got a Hawaii trip going into Labor Day weekend, and hopefully I can uh, get a trip to LA to see the Lakers play next season because I'm over this season and we'll be as when October starts it's a clean slate so mm-hmm. it's a lot it's all a bucket list Kevin so we're all on board for a Barbados trip clearly and then this is off Kevin's topic but I'm glad he brought this up so I could say this on the show because we've talked about it off the show before we need to do a Punta Cana trip to get <laughs> CK Joe Mr. Sexy Punta Cana then now forever back into his element they have not had their the sexiest works. man in, I believe, in five years. So we have to get C.K. and Joe back to Punakana. Yeah, that's, that's what our way is going to be. You convinced me. <laughs> I love the idea that that would be the selling point. <laughs> to get Joey back in Punakana. And I promise you, he would make it worth it. <laughs> oh, no. me, me and Joey might have to go one-on-one that day for that you, title. If, if you did your wedding in Punakana just to get Joey in Punakana, I promise you... You would not regret it for a second. You'd be so happy that you did it. <laughs> I can't predict what would happen. I just know that you would love whatever it was. Um, all right. Any final thoughts from anybody for this week? Yes, because I don't think I actually heard your thought on this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this may drag a few more minutes out of the show. Um, Cody Rhodes, double or nothing opponent. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, I, I love it. I think it's perfect. I mean, he said it was personal, right? Did you watch the promo? I didn't, no, and I probably should have. Um, yeah, that's, that's a sin for you. But he said it was personal however many months ago. It obviously doesn't get much more personal than that. And I think it's cool like to get somebody who's like, I don't want to necessarily say revered, although I think he is, but somebody who is a big deal in WWE history that is now going to do this, I think is awesome. And to me, this is like a nice stone cold salute to WWE because Cody wanted to do Cody versus, versus his brother in WWE. And they never allowed it to happen. They just kept him as stardust for all that time. And then he eventually left. I love that. He's now getting to do it on his own terms and I love that his brother, after all this time, is like, all right, you know what? Uh, I'm done here, and, like, let's do this there. So I'm excited about it. I think it's really cool. And between this week and next week, I'll watch the promo, and I'll give my comments on it. Oh, you haven't seen it? I haven't, no. Oh, it was so good. It, it but, is. Uh, and this is a Cody it, promo it, or a Dustin no, promo? It's Dustin. It was oh, so it's, great. It's, 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 it's all Dustin. Dustin. It's like a five-minute clip. It's just Dustin. Um, it, it's one of those things. It starts from a, you know, what do they call those things? Like a droid camera view, mm-hmm. and you really don't even. I'll, I'll be honest, and I, I, <clears throat> I may be in the minority on this. It, it shows Dustin's back and the way he was dressed. I was like, okay, that could have been Cody. Like, like this could be Cody. I know this was revealing who he was facing, and then once you saw the face, it's like, holy crap, <laughs> this, this is this is cool. This is like. <laughs> what you hoped for it's what you wanted it could have been a rumor it could have been so much and uh it didn't disappoint um you know we're still five weeks away and i can only wonder what we're gonna get for you know the next four to five being the elites the next four to five 
um, Road to Double or Nothing uh, series on YouTube as well. Um, very exciting. Yeah. Um, like, even the way it starts, it's not even, like, dragged out. It's just right away you see Dustin. So it's him the entire time. And like you said, Pash, we never got a pro- – we, we did get gold versus Stardust. but Which I completely forgot about. <laughs> yeah, it had, it had, I believe it was Fastlane 16, but it, never, it, didn't, it wasn't done properly or had any stakes to it. But this match, you know, the history's there. They're brothers. And when you watch the, the video out to them and stuff to discuss – like, I'm proud of you and stuff like that. And Cody wasn't responding. And Cody's a brat. So th- it's going to be a great storyline for, for for brother versus brother. It might not be a clinic, but I think the story will be really great, kind of mirroring a story of Aldis and Cody. Um, and I, th- I think in-ring work-wise, it should be very good. You know, Aaron and I will both, you know, talk about it till the, the night turns to the morning on how we're Cody fans. But you could argue his brother's better in ring. Oh, 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 yeah, hands down. So, I'm going to argue so that. I, and I think, you know, it's one of the things Goldust or Dustin says in the promo that, you know, the fans say, you still got it. And he's like, I never lost it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when he was, <clears throat> I know it was a few years ago, but it still feels pretty recent. When he was just teaming with R Truth, you know, he was still having good matches in the ring. Uh, it, it's exciting. And, I'm sure again, I'm sure I'm not I'm sure with this I'm not in the minority, but I've already seen Jericho versus Omega. Um I didn't watch the triple A Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks, but I was pissed that that match happened in Triple A. I thought the first time should be for this event. So the three biggest matches for this are two of the three biggest matches are repeats. And I mean you could argue this is a repeat because of that fast lane sixteen. But this is what I'm the most excited for. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think it's like a huge get for them. I think it's a huge deal. I think it's going to get a ton of attention. And it's probably about the best thing Cody could have done, like, to do that. Like, Rhodes versus Rhodes, I don't know that you could do much better than that. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. And like I said, during the week I will watch the promo, and I'll, I'll give my quick comments on it next week. Yeah. Well, it won't even hurt you to watch it before you go to bed. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. <laughs> it goes by pretty pretty quick, and to my, I gotta correct myself. Fastlane fifteen, not six. Okay. Um. So I guess that is the show. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five star rating and review. Obviously, we have a ton of content that we've done over the past. What is it? Three years? Three plus years? Yeah. Uh, that you could listen to. Um. Joel Embiid. I know you're busy, but. If you have some time between now and Saturday, feel free to sit down and trust the process with us. LeBron, I think we'll have to wait till after the finals for you to be welcome back. Maybe not ever, though. Um, I told you, October, when the season starts, oh, okay. clean slate. <laughs> All right, clean slate in October. That goes across the board. October is a clean slate. Um, yes. And, yeah, I guess that is the show. Hope you enjoyed it. For Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live. Adios. <laughs> For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with the elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. 
tuning up the band. Y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman. It's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man. It ain't shake the land. Off the cell. Fans love it. Ain't hard to tell. Talking madness. Awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man. Y'all off the smell.